My name is Jerome Chester. I'm a visual artist. And is visual artist, is that something you do that's like a profession or is like a hobby that's turned into your profession? Oh, no, this is definitely uh, my uh, my profession. This is something I've been doing, you know, uh, my whole life. Okay. Where are you from? From Baltimore, Maryland, uh, uh, west side to be exact. And what was growing up there like? It was pretty regular. Uh, I guess just like any other inner city, you know, um, in America at that time, you know. A lot of crime, violence. We also had our good times as well, you know. Playing, you know, playing games, uh, playing the latest game system, watching music videos. But, uh, you know, it was a fair share of, uh, of, of, of good and bad. You know, we, um, you know, try to navigate through games, you know, violence and, 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 and drugs while still trying to make it, you know, make the school and get good grades and still make it home, you know, to do our chores and participate, you know, family activities and things like that. Mm, okay. And do you have any you have any siblings, any brothers or sisters? I have two sisters and three brothers. <laughs> oh wow. And where do you sit on that age wise? Are you the oldest, youngest, or in the middle? I'm the second to the youngest, yeah. And um what were what was it like living in a house like that growing up? I'm sure that there was never a dull moment, huh? No, 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 not at all. Um it was pretty interesting to say, uh, to say the least. Uh we grew up uh, fairly humble. Um, and I mean that in the most respectable way. Uh, um, you know, we didn't have a lot, you know, but we made do with what we had. I think that um, that's something um, I'm about to jump, you know, but I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that I explored later on in my art career. Not having the things that you need or the things that you want. To me, that's how I tapped in, you know, to my creativity and allowed me to be resourceful. Um, that's something I learned in my adulthood. I mean, uh, that's something I learned from in my adulthood from my childhood. We didn't have a lot, so I started creating things that I needed or or that I wanted. So that you know, that's mainly what uh, you know what was going on. And it's funny because people would would uh, dub that or call that a ghetto, but I just think that you know it's called being resourceful. I was probably about eleven or twelve, and a, a certain type of hat had came out. I couldn't buy the hat so i tried to make the hat like i try to you know piece mm-hmm. together all these different you know all these different things and, and make the hat from that you know it didn't turn out really good but i still tried it you know <laughs> and do you remember was it like a kangol hat or like a new era fitted or something no it was a um a jv uh oh like the, the, the knit cap with the little brim with the brim on it yeah yeah it was that <laughs> this one this one, Jay Z. What, what was the name of it? Was it? It wasn't Ninety Nine Problems. It was. Uh, he was clothes. releasing a black album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was around that era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in middle <laughs> school, so I tried to make that. And also, I remember when um when everybody was walking around with the jerk with the uh, t shirts and the pants with all the teams on it. One of my uh, good friends at the time, he's like my older brother. He had bought me a shirt with all the teams on it. So I cut the shirt up and I took hair glue. And I uh, adhered them to my pants, and I wore them to school, and everybody like you know liked it. So uh, mm. I, you know, I was doing this stuff early, early on. That's pretty cool, and it's even better that you took a risk and it paid off, and your peers were like, "Oh, that shit looks dope." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't afford it, so I just like I, I'm gonna make it, and that's always kind of been my mindset from as as early on as I can say, probably about maybe nine, because I remember. At a time where they had these little bandanas, they wasn't quite bandanas, but this was like early 2000s, like 
2001, and everybody was wearing these little bandanas that they was uh, that they was tying around their head. But it, you know, it was just a piece of fabric. But I, I remember I cut up a, a curtain, and I was tied around my head, trying to write, like write my name on it and stuff. And uh, I thought I was cool, but it just it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. When did you become? Oh, actually, before I ask that, I did have another follow up question. You said that early mm. on, when you were about nine or ten, you you realized like you just had to be more resourceful, and that you came from humble beginnings, so you weren't always going to have like the latest and the greatest. Did your parents talk to you about money, and they say like, oh, you know, this is not in the budget, or it was just kind of a like an unspoken rule that you know when you went out, don't see, don't don't look at nothing, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing. It was more of an unspoken thing. So, um, as as me saying, I grew up in you know humble beginnings. We didn't have much of anything, so we didn't usually go. We didn't really make that many trips to places. So we did go somewhere. It was more, you know, in the, in the neighborhood or so and things like that. But no, we didn't really go that many places at all. So it was kind of like an unspoken thing. It's like, don't ask because you know. It's like, don't even put your, your mom in that position to where you want to ask her for something because most of the time she really didn't have it to give. But I mean, when she did, when she did have it, she was very fruitful. She, she gave to every and anybody she could. Do you feel like over the years that's kind of subconsciously influenced you on on how you approach money and how you budget stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, I'm the type of guy when I you know when I have it, um, I penny pinch, but I also give a lot. I give a lot, um, you know, to any and everybody that when I can. When I, when I come off for of like eighty three or whatever, I try to make sure like it's, it's a you, know, you got the squeegee the squeegee kids out there. And I, anytime I have money, you know, I try to give it to them. You know, look out. No, it's just you know, just a good thing to do. It, you know, it always made me feel good to get. Are you still living in West Baltimore now? Uh, no, not at this moment. I'm I'm over east, but you know, still West Side. You know, at heart to the day I die, always <laughs> got to represent. So let's talk about you getting older and uh, starting on this uh, journey of art. When you were in high school, uh, is that when you kind of realized that you were more creative and and more into art? Not necessarily high school, but um, high school is when I really started to tap into it. It's funny. It's funny as I um, as I sit here and think about it, I kind of pretty much, in some form or fashion, uh, monetized my talent. But high school is when it really started to flow and open up, and started to, where I started to get actually, where I could actually put a name on where I was hit. You know, I just I used to always just say, you know, I'm an artist. I'm an artist, but that's where I started creating my own T-shirts with people that can actually wear them around. Like, that's when I really got into, like, wearable art. So I started my own T-shirt. I started wearing my own clothes. And, you know, I would get teased about it here and there. But for the most part, you know, a lot of people liked it. I still have a lot of those, those T-shirts around, you know. They're mainly on my, um, on, my, uh, on my Facebook page. And then what happened once you finished high school? Did you go to college or did you just get straight to work? Right after high school were those hazy years where I was just trying to figure it out. Didn't know if I wanted to go to school. I just Everybody told me, go to school, but I wasn't really sure if that was something I really wanted to do or if I was going to be doing it for everybody else. So I kind of got right to work here and there. You know, I had my daughter uh, around 20, 21. I was taking care of her, and I was still trying to figure it out. Um, 20... 
I'm gonna say about 22. I'm gonna say about 22 is when I really started to like, you know, really take art seriously. Like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you can really, you know, this can, this can actually be a career. I always knew it could, but it wasn't trying to connect those two from where I, from where I am to where I was trying to be. I just couldn't find the right way to go about it. It's kind of like um, it's a movie called Elysium. Um, where the all the rich the, people, yeah, the one with Matt Damon. Matt Damon. So Elysium would be the art world where I wanted to be, where every where they had this floating community in the sky with all these resources and things. But Earth is where I was. So just trying to find a way to get from here to there was always. Uh, I know where I always always know where I wanted to be, but just actually getting there was always the hard part. And it's just having having no direction, nobody to point point you anywhere all these artists around and nobody to give a helping hand at all. Mm. And do you feel like things have changed over time from those hazy, those hazy years when you were 20, 21, 22 up until now, do you feel like the Baltimore arts community is a lot more um, collaborative and, uh, and supportive than it was back then? I would like to say it is, but I really don't know because I say to myself more now back then I did back then. I mean, when I first started to go to shows and I, I was always like to always say, and I was so green, I was so happy and I was, you know, just, you know, so inviting and I wanted to collaborate with everybody, but everybody was pretty much standoffish and I used to take it personal. But now I realize, you know, everybody living in their own world. And as one of my favorite, you know, artists, Maya Bailey says, it's kind of hard to try, it's kind of hard to take people from their world and get them to come to your world. They gotta really like you in order mm-hmm. for them to do that. But for the most part, people are people aren't standoffish. They just live in their own world. With that, if somebody had approached you and asked you for advice or or help about trying to work on their craft or just get into the the arts community in Baltimore, you know, would you be willing to help them? Or have you had that opportunity yet? Oh, always. I help as many people as I possibly can. If anybody comes to me, ask me anything. I'm sharing all my secrets, just about everything. Something that I realized that, um, in a way, it could be detrimental to you. But that's, uh, and I feel like that's a that's an ego thing. I just I just want to be the be the person that I never had. Because when mm-hmm. I was going around asking people for questions and things like that, nobody would share any information with me at all. The art world is very competitive for no reason. I don't know why. This, this is all about self-expression. We all writing our own diaries for the world to see. So I don't see how that can be competitive in any nature. I want to talk more about your beginnings in art. Uh, you're saying that you started taking art seriously around 22. Were you still doing the wearable art then or like graphic design? Can you take me through that journey of finding your like happy place when making art? I was starting, yeah, I was graduating from, you know, doing the wearable art into actually painting on canvas. Matter of fact, my first piece that I actually tried to paint with with a paintbrush was done with tulip fabric paint. Because I didn't I didn't know anything about acrylic paint or anything of that nature. I was still trying to, you know, just trying to figure it out. And I remember my first canvas that I actually painted, it just it, it didn't turn out the way I wanted to because I'm so used to the thick paint with the the thick fabric paint. It's the regular acrylic paint was just it could be so easily manipulated on a canvas. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I really like this that much, you know, but I started to find things 
that was closer to what I was used to. And I was like, well, this is cool. I started using markers and all these other things and watching all these documentaries. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm a self-taught painter. My fundamentals was pretty much like solely lacking. So I'm, t- I'm teaching everything myself. And it seemed like it's taking a long time to fully grasp how to do anything. So, at, you know, the beginning stage, it was a bit frustrating. But, you know, I slowly kind of came into my own and found my own way of creating. Do you feel like there is a uh, unspoken stigma in the art scene for self-taught artists? I I don't think there's a stigma to self-taught artists because some of the best artists that I you know that I know of are self-taught. A lot of them didn't go to art school. One of my favorite painters, uh, he didn't really go to art school. Uh, school it only helps you to a certain degree. Even when you're done with it, you're kind of still growing. You still kind of have to learn a lot of things on your own. But there's certain things that, that school can teach you, like style for one. So you think that with style, even with like professional training, at the end of the day, is still something that you develop by yourself? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. I want to get more into your actual art now through everything that I've looked at. You portray a lot of flowers in your art with multicolored petals. Are those flowers daisies? No, they're daisies. They are... They just they were just some flowers that I made up one day. Um, I'm a big Mario fan, mm. um, so a lot of my style is kind of derived, you know, from these characters that uh, that was inspired by the Mario game. But no, they aren't flowers. I just kind of you know just freestyle one day and kind of just made them up. So most of the people whom I was fans of, they had characters that embodied their brand or who or, or who they are. So I guess I was just, I was, all, I was always making characters, kind of making characters in the form, I mean, in the style of people whom I admired. But I was still trying to find my own way as well. So one day I kind of just uh, made this flower. And I was like, you know, this doesn't look like anyone else's. So I kind of just, I kind of just run with it. It wasn't a thing at first. I kind of was still making other characters. I was like, you know, I would jump back forward, jump, jump back into it. From, from time to time, but I was like, you know what, maybe this one, this will work. When I started delving more into uh, graphic design, I was like, you know what, you know, this is it. So I started digitizing the character and putting on more clothing and other things of that nature. I was like, okay, well, people, I paint this more. This is probably the most standout character or thing that people see me for. So I guess I'll just start doing it more. You know, my daughters liked it too, so I said, well, they like it, I'll, I'll just start painting more. And other people liked it, so I like this, I like that. I just started painting more, started putting on everything, and it kind of just chose me in a way. You said that you're a big Mario fan. Um, what's your What's your favorite Mario game? Super Mario Sunshine, hands down. I was a Super Mario, big Super Mario Sunshine uh, uh, fan. Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, I think it's the first Super Mario World on Nintendo 64. You know, those three right there. But I think out of, out of every game, it, ha- it has to be Super Mario Sunshine. What's the story behind your name, Groovy Vandal? Um, and, and on top of this, I also want to mention, I didn't really find a whole bunch of stuff about you on the internet, and either I just wasn't looking hard enough, or or did you do that by design? So start with your name and then get into the online presence. The name kind of came from me just one day, just trying to think of something cool. And I was inspired by Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q, or name on Instagram, I think it's still the same. It was Groovy Q. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just like that. And then kind of came from that, the Groovy Vandal. But then I started realizing, like, later on, about 2014, 2015. So I had many Instagram names, but 2014, 2015, I realized that your Instagram handle is kind of also, if you're an artist, that's that's kind of your art name, your artist name. And I, and I was like, wow, I didn't really realize that, you know, that would actually be my name. It was just a cool Instagram handle. Just kind of ran with it and, and didn't change it. So, uh, you know, that's the kind of, that's the inspiration behind the name. The the online presence, are you talking about like as far as like my personal, like my personal pictures and things? Yeah, because I, I obviously, you know, you have Instagram. That's how we connected with one another. And then earlier in the interview, you mentioned um, Facebook and stuff. But I feel like I tr- whoops, I feel like I tried to do some research on you and I couldn't find a whole lot of stuff or what I did find. It was like a, um, you know, it'd be like a broken link or to a page that's not up anymore. I found your big cartel, like your your, your storefront. Uh, so yeah. do you purposely keep like a lower profile or you do you just really mainly stick to Instagram and other social media? I mainly stick to Instagram. I don't really have a, um, like too many accomplishments, like too many interviews or anything of that nature uh, to, you know, to find me, you know, to find me on. I haven't done that much yet. I'm still kind of I'm still kind of early on in my art career. Uh, I haven't been doing it that long. But even so, I still try to keep everything uh, mainly about the art, like even at the beginning of this year, I deleted like mostly all of my pictures of my children and myself off of my Instagram page to kind of keep it about the art. I kind of get sidetracked just as much as everyone else with sharing a personal life. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep it because I, I literally have this platform just for that and try not to get too into too much, into too many other things, even though from time to time I, you know, I slip up and do anyway. But I try to keep it, you know, mainly about the art. Tell me a story about a piece that you've created that has personal value or importance. Yeah, so one of my favorite pieces, um, I have two favorite pieces. One of them is one on my Instagram page. I actually shared it again today. Very therapeutic for me. It was it was a for a show in Harlem called being a it's called I can't really remember the name, but it's like be America, uh, being a black man in America, you know, or just being black in America today. And this is about 2017, 2016, 2017. And I did a show in uh, Langston Hughes, Brownstone in, in Harlem. Um, just off of that alone, I was very interested. And I felt like it was going to be a monumental thing to do. But it was much more when I got there. It was, you know, it was, it was just all this black excellence and all these black people, you know, coming together, you know. It was a piece centered around uh, mental health, black mental health. It was a picture of me smiling, but I had a cage over my head and my hand reaching out saying, help me. But I had a key around my arm saying, you know, ba- basically symbolizing that I can only set myself free from this torment. You know, and I had people yelling things at me from the side, saying, you ain't no man. And I was, I was a man look like this. You know, basically the whole picture is to symbolize that, you know, everybody is fighting a battle that you don't know about. They could be smiling, you know, but, you know, deep down, people, people are going through things. So but just be nice to people. Plain and simple, just be nice to people. I've got a few more questions left. Um, there is one that I wanted to ask you that I didn't send over yesterday. What's the process been like as a graphic artist, like digitizing your art, putting it up in a storefront, 
and then selling the art. Um, is it difficult or do you feel like with technology it's just easier than ever? I think now with technology it's getting a little easier. The most difficult thing is, is about how to try to do it. How to do it efficient and with great quality. These are things like even with all the, 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 the insane amount of information out there, there's still a lot of things that the internet just doesn't tell you. So I can go look up how to do this in Adobe all day long. But it's like until you actually do it, it's just some things the internet is not going to tell you. There's so many trial and error periods that you literally have to learn on your own. Um, I think that's like the, you know, the most difficult part. But with all the, you know, you know different platforms to share your work on, things are getting pretty much easier. But at the same time, in, in a way, it's getting, you know, more difficult. Is so many platforms are just saturated, you know, with so many different things. Like, how do you stand out? What's coming up next for you? What's going? What's going on next? Uh, I had a few shows um, that got canceled because of the COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. But at the moment, right now, I'm just you know trying to create a stronger online presence, getting more merchandise made, trying to venture off into different things, and just trying to do these projects that are near and dear to me. The biggest thing I want to do right now, so I had this pillow that I made. I spray painted it and I got it made into a, a, a big pillow. People liked it. But basically, what I'm trying to do now is trying to make. I also sell my. I also make my own pillows. I sell my own pillow stuff. My own pillows. I sell them on my website. So I'm trying to make bigger pillows. I'm trying to find a way to like get to get custom printed fabric and make bigger pillows to sell to people because people really like the bigger ones. People like the pillows, but they, I think they just want bigger. I've had a couple people ask me about how to get bigger ones, and I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out right now. So. That's like the leading thing on my mind right now. Just you know, just trying to still trying to make art in a way that is therapeutic and not feel like it's rushed. Now, I used to, I used to, I had to, I had to mind check myself and to check myself about like you know, they've been been quite a while, you know, creating, and I'm once again, you know, unconsciously comparing myself to everybody. Like, man, all these people turning on, turning out all this work. I'm like that. Once again, like you know, you got to relax. It's not a race. Where can people go more? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Where can people go if they want to learn more about you or, or buy some art or buy one of those pillows? My Instagram is the Groovy Vandal. Um, you can go to my website. It's uh, Alley Kid Art. Um, it should be .com right now. I'm changing over. I just got the domain. So it should be AlleyKidArt.com. Or you can, you know, you can go to my Facebook. It's simply Jerome Chester. You know, that's kind of where I post, you know, where I'm a little more personal than in Instagram. And is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't already gone over? Um, No, I, I just appreciate, you know, that the world is going through right now. I just, I seen this quote that something I don't, I don't ever want to forget that, you know, in this time, it said, in this time, remember the same art community that everybody you know is trying to you know dismiss and look down upon is the same community that helps save the world you know, these are the people that you know that help save everybody Every, when everybody when nobody can go outside you know they look for they look towards the art that quote spoke volumes to me and it let me know you know what i'm doing what all of us is doing isn't in vain mm. so you know i'm just going to keep going you know continue on the path that i'm on and you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully it leads to, you know, it will will lead to, you know, bigger things. 
Awesome. All right. Well, Groovy Vandal, Jerome Chester, sir, mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day and sitting down with me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you.